Welcome to the Word of Life podcast, a ministry of Word of Life Church, located in Lesur, Minnesota. From sermon audio to midweek content and much more, we hope you are blessed by what you hear. For more information or to donate, please visit wordoflifemn.com. Now, enjoy this week's episode. Good morning. All right. I'm super excited. Uh, today, as we move through uh, our series on David and, and as we look at David's heart, which is like God's heart, we, we get some really clear pictures of, of David's heart and God's heart and, um, in the most familiar, most popular story from David's life. True story. That's right. We're talking about David and Goliath! That's right. Uh, David and Goliath today. It's, it, I mean, everybody knows the story, whether you're a follower of Jesus or not yet believer in Jesus, whether you are, um, you know, whether it's in pop culture. I mean, almost everyone knows this story. It's used in motivational speeches. It's used for the plot of movies. I'm telling you what, David and Goliath is almost universally known. But... What I'm not going to do is I am not going to challenge you to get out there and slay your giants. Because God already has. He is, God has already conquered sin and death for you. And so no matter what you, uh, what you learn today from this story, it's a great story. My hope, my prayer is that you hear that God loves you. And God's heart and God's desire is your salvation. And David's heart is a heart that believed in God's salvation. And, um, and we can have that heart too. By grace through faith. Because God just wants to give it to us. Um, the Philistines are Israel's enemy. They're the neighbors next door, uh, larger enemy, better, better equipped, all that sort of thing. And they have been picking on, uh, their, their smaller neighbor, Israel for years. Uh, you know, they'd raid and they'd steal stuff and they'd steal people and all sorts of things. And then, you know, then Israel, the, the smaller country with a brand new king. Um, and, and so it looks like easy pickings. So the Philistine army uh, declares war and they come and they fill one valley um, as they encamp. And then the, the, the Saul's army the, comes and fills another valley. And then they meet together after the battle cry up on the mountains. And then there is a big valley in between. And as the armies are coming out and shouting their battle cries and everybody's getting pumped up for battle, all of a sudden, the, the Philistine army just parts. And a mountain of a man comes through the ranks and comes down into the valley in between both armies and taunts Saul's army, shouting, mocking, and he's got a deal. Goliath says, 
You want a battle? I'll give you a battle. I challenge anyone, anyone in the army of Saul to come on down here. And if he kills me, we will all be your servants. But if I kill him, you'll all be our servants. I defy you, your army, and your God. Goliath was huge. Depending upon how you translate it, he was either nine foot six or six foot six. Any way you slice it, that's a whole lot taller than me either way. You know, either way, whether it's nine foot six or six foot six, you know, either way, a whole lot taller than me. And he is not just tall. That dude is strong. He is wearing 145 pounds of armor. 145 pounds of armor. That's crazy. When, as soon as I heard that, I thought of myself. When I was 16, when I was 16, I weighed 145 pounds. And then I thought to myself, you know, David is, is a teenager. He's a, probably in that around 16 you know, years old range. And then I thought, Goliath is wearing armor that weighs possibly about as much as David weighs. That's a lot of armor. Not only does he have all of this armor, he also has a spear and a javelin because, okay, both are spears, just one's for throwing and one's for stabbing because you can't have too many spears, apparently. I mean, you know, he's got a sword. He's got a shield. In addition to all of that, he's also got a guy to carry his shield and some of his stuff, a, a, an armor bearer. Because when you're the size of Goliath, and you're that big, and you're that strong, and everyone's that afraid of you, you can tell anybody, say, hey, carry my stuff. And you know what? They do. That's insane. And he mocks God's people. Let's check out God's word, and let's see how the army responds. It's in 1 Samuel 17. And Samuel, 1 Samuel 17, uh, we're going to start in verse 24, but 1 Samuel 17 is a really long chapter. If I read the entire chapter and preached, we'd be here till tomorrow. Hannah's like, I can't handle that. Right, Hannah? She's like, why are you talking to me? <laughs> um, so I'm going to tell some of, a bunch of the story and then kind of pepper in words from the scriptures just so that we are all on the same page because I want you to hear God's word. God's word is the power of God unto salvation. And so as we look at what's happening in it and, as in, in, and he's calling out this long chapter 17 which just kind of meanders its way through and it's very repetitive. Uh, the Israelite authors often use um, repetition in their narrative because it, it sucks you into the story. It has, if, when, when the author is repeating, if you're, if you're kind of like, if you're a very fast-paced person, you're like, oh yeah, I already heard this, right? But what you find yourself doing is like nodding your head when the author repeats. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. David, yeah, Jesse's son. Yeah, oh yeah, you told us about him. Is that the guy? Yeah, that's the guy. 
And so as you, if, you, if you go home and you decide, hey, I'm going to read all of chapter 17, just your head's going to go like this. Like, oh, yeah, yeah. Now I know who you're talking about. I remember that guy. And so Goliath just shouts his taunts, and this is what happens. 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting in verse 24, reading in Jesus' name because it's God's word, not mine. All the men of Israel, when they saw the man, that's Goliath, fled from him and were much afraid. That means they were terrified. It wasn't just, I'm scared. It's, they're very, very scared. And the men of Israel said, have you seen this man who's come up? Surely he has come up to defy Israel and the king will enrich the man who kills him with great riches and will give him his daughter and make his father's house free. And David said to the men, oh, wait a minute. That's right. Where's David? You see, right as this is happening, David's father, Jesse, said, hey, leave the sheep with somebody else. You go check on your big brothers. David's the youngest. His three oldest brothers are all in Saul's army. And so he says, here, take some bread for your brothers. Take 10 wheels of cheese. Give it to the commander because it never hurts to like, you know, butter up the commander of your sons, apparently. And so um, take the cheese, take the stuff. And just as David is getting to the, you know, to the army's camp, the army cries the battle cry. And so David leaves all of his stuff with the baggage keeper and he runs to the front lines. Now, interesting, last time we heard about baggage keeper was when Saul was hiding with the baggage keeper when Samuel wanted to crown him king. You see, when, when Saul sees a baggage keeper, he sees a place to hide, not David. David just stashes his stuff and he runs to the battle line. And he finds his brothers and he's like, what's going on? And this is what, what he ends up hearing. And David said to the men who stood by him, what shall be done for the man who kills this Philistine and takes away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? And the people answered him in the same way. So shall it be done to the man who kills him. <laughs> well, his, when his brother Eliab heard David, he got mad. I'm talking really mad. It says in, in here that, his, um, that he burned with anger. And that is this, the word that's used there is to be red-nosed or red-faced. That's how angry he was. How angry? You got to think about like how angry does your big brother have to be that his whole face turns red? That's how angry Eliab is. His whole face is red. And Eliab starts yelling at David. What are you doing here? Where'd you leave those little that little flock of sheep with? I know your heart, the evil that's in your heart. You just wanted to come and see the battle. And then we get to see David as the little brother. He says, I am the oldest brother. I am not the little brother. But I can tell you, like, interactions like this make David so relatable because I think, oh, yeah, that's a couple of brothers. Because as Eliab is yelling at David, David's like, what? What? What do I do now? I'm just talking to the guys. Why are you yelling at me? 
This is a, this is a big brother, little brother argument like, I, like what happens in households. It makes them so relatable because they really are brothers. They really are human. And he's like, what did I do now? But as they're talking, someone overheard David and told King Saul, hey, we found a guy who wants to fight Goliath. Good news. Found a guy who wants to fight Goliath. And so, and so in, in verse, 1 Samuel 17, verse 31, it says, when the words that David spoke were heard, they repeated them before Saul and he sent for him. Well, yeah. <laughs> and David said to Saul, let no man's heart fail because of him. He's talking about Goliath. Let no man's heart fail because of Goliath. Your servant will go and fight with this Philistine. And Saul said to David, you're not able to go and fight this Philistine. (laughs) You are but a youth. And he's been a man of war from his youth. But David said to Saul, your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth. And if he arose again against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them. For he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, the Lord, remember, big L, big O, big R, big D. This is, he's saying Yahweh. The Lord, Yahweh, who delivered me from the paw of the lion, from the paw of the bear, will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And Saul said to David, go and the Lord be with you. Woe. Let no one's heart fail. David knows. Everyone's got fear in their hearts because of this big guy who's been yelling and taunting and mocking. And he says, it's no problem. I'll take care of him. And then he tells a story about running after lions and saving lambs from their mouths and like hitting hitting them in the head and then striking them down. He's killed lions and bears to save lambs. That's amazing. Did anybody see the the mountain lion video chasing that guy in Utah? It went viral a little while ago. No, if you are interested, go, it is, it's so scary. (laughs) I mean, it's awesome, but scary. I also had a close encounter with a mountain lion. I don't have time to tell you the whole story because, you know, David and Goliath's story is super long. But if you're interested in hearing my, my close encounter with a mountain lion story, you know, come and catch me afterwards or something like that. Maybe we'll put it on the podcast. Maybe we'll put it on the podcast. Um, and so he says, yeah, go. The Lord be with you. And then Saul tries to loan him his armor. I'm wondering if Saul tried to loan him his armor to help protect David or so that everybody might think that Saul went out to battle Goliath. 
You know, he's like, hey, if I dress this kid up like me, maybe, who knows? Um, and then, and then David takes his staff, which is basically just a really big stick and his sling, and he chooses five smooth stones from the riverbed. And then we catch up in verse 41. And the Philistine moved forward and came near to David with his shield bearer in front of him. And when the Philistine looked at and saw David, he disdained him, for he was but a youth, ruddy and handsome in appearance. And the Philistine said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. The Philistine said to David, Come to me, and I will give your flesh to the birds of the air and the beasts of the field. And then David said to Philistine, to the Philistine, whenever David refers to the Philistine, you know, he never calls him by name. Never calls him by name. This is one of the best speeches in all of Scripture. It's a speech of faith. Verse 45. Then David said to the Philistine, You come to me with a sword, with a spear, and a javelin, but I come to you in the name of the Lord of hosts. Again, Yahweh, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day, the Lord, Yahweh, the God who saves, will deliver you into my hand, and I will strike you down, cut off your head, and I will give the dead bodies of the host of Philistines this day to the birds of the air and to the wild beasts of the earth, that all the earth may know that there is a God in Israel, and that all this assembly may know that the Lord saves, not with sword or spear, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give you into our hand. And when the Philistine arose and came and drew near to meet David, David ran quickly toward the battle line to meet the Philistine. And David put his hand into his bag and took out a stone and slung it, struck the Philistine right on the forehead. And the stone sank into his forehead and he fell on his face to the ground. Lots of words. Very short battle. (laughs) Very short battle. It really didn't take long. Battle was very short. There's a lot of words. There's a lot of talking. There's a lot of smack talk out out on the court that day. And um, I'll tell you what, Goliath is good at it, but not as good as David. Because when David is talking, he's not just mocking. He's not mocking at all. He's speaking words of faith from a heart of faith. A heart that believes that our God saves. You see, it's not about the size It's not a boy against a giant. It's not about the weapons, a sword, a spear, a javelin versus a stick and a sling and a stone. It's I come to you in the name of the Lord. It's our God saves. The battle isn't boy against giant. It's God versus anyone who would defy him. It's God's answer to the heart of faith. It's God's 
answer to a cry for salvation and a cry for mercy. Our God saves. David slings his stone and and, and it hits Goliath in the head and it literally sinks into his forehead. That's a rock. And it kills Goliath. And then the text says that... That David didn't have a sword. It's not because like it was like his keys and he left it at home or something. Oh, shoot, I went into battle. Where's my sword? No, David didn't have a sword. He's a kid. He's not a soldier. And swords are actually very valuable at this time. It's not like everybody had one, you know. And so he take, David takes Goliath's sword out of its sheath. I have no idea how heavy this sword is if it's being wielded by a nine-foot-six giant of a man. But David takes out his sword, kills him dead, dead. And so like, okay, the first time, hits him with a rock, shoot, dump, dead, falls on his face. Then he kills him with the sword, dead, dead. And then he cuts off his head dead and holds the head up so that, remember, this is not real close. There was no like zoom cameras, you know, like zooming in on the action on the field. I mean, these guys, there's, there's, the armies are on the mountains. These guys are fighting in the middle of the valley. And so, you know, you cut off the head, you hold the head up. This is a, this is kind of a bloody affair. Sorry, kiddos. (laughs) But this is a bloody affair. He's holding up the head of David. A matter of fact, you know, David holds up Goliath's head and then he hangs on to it for a while. He even brings it all the way back to Jerusalem. Okay. I don't know what happened to the armor bearer, the kid who was like assigned to carry all of Goliath's stuff. I think he just took off because it says that David took all of Goliath's armor and put it in his tent. And so not only did Goliath kill him with a, with a stone, and then he's dead dead with a sword, and then cut off his head dead with his sword and holds up the head. And then he literally takes all of the armor off of his dead body and takes it home. But it's not about the big guy versus the little guy. This is not about, like, I am not going to stand here and tell you, okay, you guys got to get out there on the battlefield with you, the giants in your life. Because that's not the heart of this text, and it's not the heart of God. The heart of this text, the heart of David, the heart of God is the heart of salvation, and it's a heart of faith. David's heart is filled with faith and he believes the Lord will save him. He knows that it is not about him. It's all about God and God getting all of the glory. And when God does this great thing through a little kid who's probably 16 to 18 years old, he can't be 20 because that would have meant that he would have been able to be enlisted into the army. And so we're talking somebody who's 16 to 18 years old who believes God, who believes that the battle is the Lord's, that it's not about who's the biggest, it's not about who's got the best weapons, and it's not about who yells the loudest or taunts the, you know, the hardest. The battle belongs to the Lord, and our God wants to save. It's not 
be like David and go, go fight your giants. It's look at what God did through David. He saved all of those people, even the people who didn't believe, even the people who were deathly afraid. God saved all of those people through one boy. And as we see God's heart of salvation, we cannot help but see Jesus. God saved all people of all time through one man, our Savior, Jesus Christ. You see, David conquered Goliath. Jesus conquered death and sin, our greatest enemies, the greatest giant in our life. Jesus has already conquered. We're far more like the rest of the army. We're far more like Saul. We're afraid. A lot of people are afraid of death. And that's one of the biggest giants in our life. But God has already conquered sin and death. And God wants to save. And God's heart is to give you salvation by grace through faith. The battle's already done. Jesus has already won. Just believe in the Lord. And I'm not saying that you don't have giants in your life. I'm not saying you don't have uh, Goliaths in our lives. Whether it's COVID or fear or fear of death or whether it is a, a health issue that's going on or anxiety or depression or or. or or so many of the things. Maybe it's, it's, maybe it's financial in nature. There are so many giants that, like, that want to invade our life and mock us and say that you can't do it and you just, you're toast. You serve us. But what Jesus demonstrates is that he's already conquered the giants in our life. And that he desires to give us salvation by grace through faith. The heart of God is a heart of salvation. God wants to save. The heart of David is a heart that believes in God's salvation. Regardless of what Goliaths are invading your heart right now, God desires to give you a heart that believes in his salvation. And the salvation is already done. The victory is already there. Believe it. Let's pray. Lord God, Heavenly Father, you are awesome. We cannot thank you enough. Lord Jesus, thank you for conquering sin and death for us. Thank you for conquering the temptations that plague us. Thank you for conquering the giants. Your heart is a heart of salvation. You want to save us. And so we ask you, Lord God, to pour out your faith into our lives. Help us to believe that the salvation that we need really does belong to you, Lord. That you are our strength. You are our mercy. You are our love. 
You are our salvation. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for what you've done for us. And you get all of the glory, all of the credit, all of the honor, and all of the praise for who you are and what you've done for us. We praise your name. We ask you, Lord God, to pour your faith into our lives. It's in your name we pray. Lord Jesus, our Savior. Amen. You stand with me and receive this benediction. Lord, bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you his peace. Amen? Go in peace. The Lord is with you.